If I ever, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry about that. I was thinking about pausing Queen and their fantastic performance of Radio Gaga during 1985, but you get it and I'll pause it again. I'll not pause it, I will silence myself. I will never interrupt Freddie Mercury performing Radio Gaga at Live Aid. Never! Specifically when he's hitting the court. Got a lot to talk about here today. I don't even, you know what? I don't even know if I should continue for it. I, I just want to listen to Freddie Mercury perform Radio Gaga Live Aid. I'll, I'll, I'll let him finish off the song. He's doing a great job. Sorry, <clears throat> I just, I, I could not interrupt Queen, and especially and specifically Radio Gaga at Live Aid. It's one of the best live performances ever. I've been listening to Queen all day. Sorry about yesterday. I thought I was going to come back late, and uh, I was not. I had homework that was due, and finals as well. But I'm back for a Monday night football adventure with the Bengals and Jags. <clears throat> and I also had to work yesterday, but I, I think that unfortunately goes without saying at this point. Wow, what an absolute weekend, an absolute triumph of a weekend. Man, oh man. And I mean, for me, it just, I don't know about you, my time, this these last, I mean, the last five days has just been immaculate for me, immaculate. I got my new sound bar ready to go for when I buy my new TV, but my new TV isn't on sale anymore. It was like $50 off. Now it's back to being like $750. It's the Hisense U7K, excuse me. Oh no, never mind. It's like Nope, nope, it's still it's still 749. It was on sale for like a week or two and then for Black Friday or whatever, and now it's just like what is this? What the fuck is going on? I like I'm I'm on one website. There it is. And it's like I'm on Cons Home Plus and it's like they literally have they they they're slow on updating their prices. And they're like, "Yeah, you can have it for like $699 or something like that." Let me let me check this out. I just don't like this place. Yeah. They have it for the dumb dumb price of 
$700 instead of $750. But they also are saying, like, you saved $400 when buying this TV. And I was like, no, dum-dum. Uh, that's MSRP, pretty much. I'm just saving $50 by buying it through you. But I don't like your... I don't know if I'll buy it through cons. I mean, just the name. When you name your business cons, you know, it doesn't invoke a lot of... Uh, a lot of security within me and trust. So yeah, I'm 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 not gonna buy my TV from there. I don't even know why I I uh, I tried or not tried, but I was looking at the price. I'm not I'm not buying a TV from a place called Cons ever. Anyways, <clears throat> a lot of things to talk about here today. I mean, top of the show. My God, GTA Six came out with a trailer, the trailer got leaked, of course it got leaked, I was wondering if it was going to get leaked the day before, the week before, maybe not the day before, but I was just like, I was not surprised whatsoever when it got leaked, I mean, oh my goodness, and I've been watching it for like the last couple of hours, and uh, then football got started, and then I I was just like, oh, I guess I'm watching football, and then a little bit before that, uh, Shohei Otani, is now essentially up for his contract extension, and everybody thinks, everybody who's smart thinks that he's going to sign with the Dodgers, which I'm juiced up, obviously, as a Dodgers fan, I'm excited about. There's been no word on that yet, and so I'm just, I'm waiting around, trying to see essentially when I'm going to get the news on Shohei Otani, then it was like GTA 6, the trailer got leaked, and then Rockstar, in retaliation for the leaker, was like, we're just going to release it on our on YouTube immediately, I saw that thing like 19 times, I saw it 19 damn times, goodness gracious, it was so awesome, I was so excited, I, I forgot how exciting GTA is when it comes out with a new release, I mean, I was really excited for GTA 5, and now when GTA 6 comes out, oh my god, man, or when that trailer came out, I was just demonstrably excited for it, it's being played in Florida, which the trailer is so Floridian in and of itself. I mean, it makes me recognize how how much like GTA essentially symbolizes Florida. You know, like Grand Theft Autos, murders, like pretty much any anything that you do in GTA probably has been done in Florida multiple times. And so to be able to have, you know, a, a essentially matured rock star, not to say that they weren't mature when they came out with Vice City Stories all the way back in the early 2000s. But now it's like they have dozens of games under their belt, you know, award-winning developer, decades of experience, you know, great games coming out. Uh, essentially every five to eight years, and I mean, my God, Jesus Christ, now we got the big boy, now we got GTA 6, that means it'll be since their last release, which was Red Dead Redemption in 2018, it's coming out in, GTA 6 is coming out in 2025, that means that it'll be an officially like seven years since the last game that they released, and like 12 or something like that since, right, 12? Yeah, 12 since GTA 5 was released. It's insane. It's insane how long that game is. But they uh, they have GTA Online, which is essentially just a cash cow for them. And it makes them a bunch of money. I am very, very, very excited for GTA 6. Anyways. Got a lot of things to talk about. Not just GTA 6. 
obviously, but other things as well. Football, college football. Let's start with college football as well, and then we'll get to the NFL and the absolutely disastrous loss by the Eagles, and then a really, really good free agency acquisition by them as well with Shaq Leonard officially becoming a Philadelphia Eagle this morning. I saw the news. I was sad. (laughs) I was sad for like five seconds, and then I remembered how badly the Eagles played up against the San Francisco 49ers. But let's start with college football here, because I think it's very important. By the way, I found this tweet from Discussing Film. It's like a, I don't know what it is. It's like the the leading source for quick, reliable news, home for healthy and liberating discussion on all things pop culture. And so I guess, uh, like, there you go. It's That's their bio. I was watching, or not I was watching, but I was scrolling on Twitter and then I saw their tweet. And they essentially listed all of the content that comes out in 2025. Which includes Avatar 3, which I haven't even seen the second one. And I loved the first one, but I just, I haven't seen it. You know how much, you know what kind of annoys me about people when it comes to, when it comes to just talking about themes and things? They always, always, always pick and choose their battles. They're always, 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 always uh, very subjective with their rhetoric. In the case of, for example, movies, everybody wants to bitch and moan about how Marvel movies are like designed for making money, which isn't necessarily 100% true and 100% not true. It's like a lot of huge blockbuster movies are designed to make money. In fact, all of them are. But they essentially act as if like superhero movies are just like this new thing that make money. And it's just like, dude, every film makes money. It's like, how do you how do you think Hollywood stays in business? They make millions, excuse me, billions of dollars, really. It's like that's how that's how this works. But when literally, what was his name? The director of of uh, I think James Cameron, that's what his name is. When he literally came out and was like, if we don't make a billion dollars for Avatar 2, we won't break even and we won't be able to make another one. And everybody was like, wow, that's such a cool thing for him to say. I'm like, what the fucker? How does it cost a billion dollars to make one fucking movie? How? How? The budget for that thing was insane. And people were like, yep, that makes sense. I'm like, that doesn't make any fucking sense at all. Sorry. But um, Avatar 3 comes out in 2025 the batman 2 which i mean good god i've i'm so excited for that i literally saw the last one like three four times in theaters and it was a three hour long movie so that should just tell you just how in love with that movie i was that i would go out and literally watch a fucking movie in in theaters i remember i went to see one at like a 10 o'clock showing which that's insane because I would have gotten out at 1. I saw Oppenheimer at 1 o'clock in the morning. But the Batman Part 2, or the Batman 2 comes out. Super excited for that. Fantastic 4. That should be fantastic. Get it, fan? Fantastic 4. Fan, it's going to be fantastic. Regardless, uh, apparently Shrek 5 is rumored to come out in 2025 as well, and then Superman Legacy, which is the Superman James Gunn movie that 
is also supposed to be coming out in 2025 as well. <clears throat> all in all, 25, 2025 is going to be a motherfucking awesome year for content and um, for movies and now for video games. I don't even know the full lineup. I don't really care. Man, oh man. 2025. Super, super fucking awesome year. Anyways. Alabama. Roll Tide, by the way. Hold on. I was so caught up. I was so caught up with GTA 5, with Queen, that I I really should have played the Alabama Crimson Tide fight song. Give me like five seconds because I'm getting a because I'm getting a fucking ad right now. Jesus Christ. I'm getting a new ad for the new Willy Wonka movie, which actually looks pretty good. Anyways, here it is. Hold on. I came in late. I was going to do the oh! Roll Tide Roll Roll Tide Roll Tide Oh my god, my face is hurting. Jesus Christ. Oh my god. Roll Tide Roll Tide Roll Tide! Roll Tide! Roll Tide! The music doesn't do me justice. I was playing the song and they were like, they were like, um, a little bit, you know, a little, little bit unenthusiastic about it. Literally, I could feel my face falling off of my skull. It was like my face got cut in half. I was so excited. The music kind of turned me down. I was like, Jesus Christ, can I get, can I get a little bit of juice in the tank for God damn Shit! Anyways, sorry about that. Oh, gosh. Alabama. Let's start off with Alabama and the Crimson Tide. Roll Tide! Always got to roll Tide! Always got to say that. And you're going to hear me do that a lot today. Because, um, my God. Um, I'm very juiced up about Alabama winning today, or winning on Saturday. Alabama, of course, the Crimson Tide beat the Georgia Bulldogs. I would say go dogs. You know what? I'll say it. Go dogs. Roo, 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 roo. Hopefully you beat FSU. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, the Georgia Bulldogs, of course, lost to the Alabama Crimson Tide because they could not uh, defeat Nick Saban and the great Alabama, uh, uh, just Crimson Tide. They couldn't beat him at all. And so Alabama, I mean, I guess controversially or uncontroversially, depending on how you want to look at it, is now in the college football playoffs, just as I predicted. I didn't predict anything. I haven't watched college football, I think, in months because it's a very boring sport, and I'm tired of cupcakes. I'm tired of motherfucking cupcake bitch ass fucking games. I'm fucking sick of it. I've had it 
with teams essentially playing scrubs and then being rewarded for it. I saw Georgia's, I can't, I, I saw Georgia's schedule, I saw FSU's schedule, I saw Alabama's schedule. I'm like, where are the good motherfucking games? Ask, uh, tell me, where are the games? Where are the games that I'm supposed to watch and be like, wow, that was a good game. Oh, the UT game? You mean the game that happened like two months ago? Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was a great game. But then it's just like Alabama has essentially done nothing for the last couple of, couple of months. Oh, the Auburn game? Well, they were supposed to be Auburn handily granted the Jalen Milrow touchdown in the back of the end zone to bond Isaiah bond was just fantastic but I mean like I want to see competition and I'll talk about my issues with college football the sport itself etc etc in a little bit but if you're expecting me to get out of my freaking chair to watch a damn college football game that's irrelevant I I turn on college football I, I look around for college football games I turn that thing right off immediately because there's just nothing good on I don't know what to say hold on I thought I didn't uh, mute my computer audio I did I did it's all right my point being with the lack of great college football games, it really doesn't entice me to watch the sport outside of player evaluation and the player evaluation to some degree or to a lot of extent and to a large degree doesn't really have to be that extensive for me. Like I don't have to watch like hundreds of players like I used to watch and do like a bunch of different draft simulators and all that good stuff now it's just like i only have to essentially watch the quarterbacks know some of the wide receivers and then bada bing bada boom i'm prepared for the draft it kind of sucks but it's like i mean let's have our come to jesus moment i don't want to watch the fifth sixth and seventh rounds like fully i kind of just want to have them on in the background and then be done with it and i don't think you want to know x player from x school that's projected to go to the seventh round you know what i mean like they probably won't matter and so i don't care but i do like the draft i i like the permutations i like the process i like the draft it's just it can be tedious for the ordinary person and to be honest with you i don't think the ordinary person needs to know everything about the draft i don't think the expert needs to know everything about the draft and this is coming from somebody who used to know a lot about the draft? Maybe not everything, but a lot about the draft. Because I used to watch a lot of college football, um, but now it's like I have school and I have work, and so I can't really do that anymore. <clears throat> but Alabama, Raw Tide, had a phenomenal game against the number one ranked overall Georgia Bulldogs. Go dogs! And... I had a feeling that maybe Alabama would win, but I wasn't going to comment on it because it, it would seem very poserous. It would seem ridiculous of me to predict a college football game out of the blue when I haven't really talked about college football at all this year. So I kind of just kept it under wraps. I Maybe not I thought Alabama was going to win. I hoped Alabama was going to win because I love Alabama. I love Nick Saban. I love his greatness. I love his winning mentality. And I love the school's football program that essentially seems to, um, that essentially just seems to, oh, Jamar Chase just scored a touchdown against the Jags. More on that in a little bit. But um, it just seems like Nick Saban has just a complete and utter handling of on college football. There's so many times where college football and other coaches have complained about his dominance. They have changed the rules to essentially try to hamper Nick Saban, and he has still found 
ways to recruit top-tier players. I'm so glad that the whole is Kirby Smart is better than Nick Saban conversation is over with. No, he literally had like two of the greatest football teams in the, the history of college football. That's how he was able to beat Nick Saban. But that time has passed. Georgia is right where they belong in the gutter going up against FSU not in the college football playoffs, losing to Alabama in the SEC championship game when Alabama had already lost to Texas earlier on this year. So, what does all this mean? Why is it a thing? What, what's probably been going on or what has been going on with college football and why have you probably had somebody complain that it's unfair that FSU isn't in the college football playoffs and Alabama is? Well, essentially what happened? is that Alabama is a part of the SEC, the Southeastern Athletic Conference. It is a Power 5 school within college, Power 5 being five top conferences essentially in the nation, the Big 10, the Big 12, the Pac-12, the ACC, and the SEC are all a part of this kind of this five sectuple, right? That's what it's called, five, right? I don't know what it's called, but this five kind of like conference organization called the Power Five, or technically it's not an organization, it's a loose collaboration. These five conferences and their mini football teams essentially play in-house, inside each other, pause, inside the conferences, and somewhat outside of the conferences uh, to essentially try and make a case to be nationally ranked or highly nationally ranked. In the case of Alabama, Alabama is usually highly ranked because they play in the SEC, the hardest conference in college football, and they usually win a lot of games. This year, they just lost one game. And in college football, ridiculous things matter, like your, like who you play and how many points you beat the team that you're playing against and all that crap. So Alabama goes out. They lose to Texas. They then went out. And they essentially beat the number one ranked team nationally in Georgia. Here's the thing, and I'll pause here. I hate how college football is ran. I hate everything about it. I've hated it for years. I dislike the NCAA as an organization, as a governing body of the sport. It, at the exact same time, has hampered the sport. It has hampered the players within the sport ability to have security and to be able to profit off of their name, image, and likeness for decades. The fact that boosters can't just, that we have to go through this arbitrary roundabout way of paying players through boosters and not through the school to me is just ridiculous. Um, I, I just, I hate it. I feel like the federal government should have come in and started to do something to regulate this so that way it wouldn't just be so ridiculous. The federal government actually did, uh, uh, specifically the Supreme Court. And they were like, you will have to, you, <clears throat> excuse me, the players can be paid. It is un-American. It is uncapitalistic for you to essentially say that players cannot be paid. That is the dumbest thing we have ever heard. It doesn't matter how young they are. We will give them billions of dollars or you will give them billions of dollars if they are worth it and they have they have not just to the football programs but specifically lining their pockets via name image and likeness deals and things of that nature so i hate the ncaa when it comes to just governing the sport and i also hate the whole playoff scheme as a whole and 
to give you a little bit of recent history about the college football playoffs and the so-called committee that governs the college football playoffs, essentially what happens is that a kind of cultish group of individuals, I kid you not, this actually happens, goes into a room in Texas and literally decides who goes to the playoffs based off of a bevy of different factors. This process to decide who goes to the playoffs and who does not is not arbitrary. It's not random. It is very specific. It is very specific. And the specificity is we will essentially try to draw in the highest audience we possibly can while also trying to have the best matchups. So last year, for example, TCU, Texas Central or Texas Christian University, with Quentin Johnston and whatever Max Drogan or what I, I forgot his name. They essentially went to the college football playoffs last year, and I thought that it was a joke. I thought that they shouldn't have been able to have gone. Uh, you know, credit to them, they beat Michigan, but I, I felt I felt that they shouldn't have been able to have gone to the college football playoffs last year. They do. They beat Michigan, and then of course they run into Georgia, the powerhouse of the SEC, and they get destroyed. It, I mean, it was a bad college football game. It was highly entertaining if you were watching Pat McAfee, but my God, it was it was terrible. It was like sixty to ze- to like seven or something like that. It was a horrendous football game in which one team absolutely shellacked it. There have been plenty of awesome college football games over the last couple of years, with specifically Alabama and Clemson being like essentially the premier matchup. Clemson is kind of done and dusted with the departures of Deshaun Watson about six years ago and also Trevor Lawrence about like, what was it, three years ago, two years ago, something like that. And so it's like that matchup just will probably never happen again. But um, Georgia has been dominant. Alabama has been dominant. There's this really, really nice little storyline with LSU. LSU had their great season with Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, or not Justin Herbert, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Awesome season for them. But for the most part, college football, college football playoffs is about matchups. It's about money. It's about greed. Rachel Nichols, and I'll have a clip for her, of her, excuse me, talking about this. And she does a great job of illuminating the fact that college football is about money. It's always been about money. I don't know why people talk about it's not fair. Then if it's you, it is college football playoffs. I don't want to see a fucking TCU game ever again. I don't want to see fucking TCU go on national television, ruin my goddamn New Year's, get absolutely fucking shredded by Georgia. I don't want to see that crap again. So for everybody to say, well, t- well FSU, they're undefeated. They play in the weakest Power Five conference now. I don't care that they're undefeated. I don't care that FSU is undefeated in the ACC. In the ACC, I don't care that they're 6-4 and four in the SEC. I don't care. They didn't play up against Alabama. They didn't play up against Georgia. So if you want to convince me that they are this powerhouse of a football team and they're not going to get absolutely taken out back and put down like freaking old Yeller, then you're going to have to convince me otherwise that they are some great powerhouse football team. That's just not the way that it goes. Oh my God, they beat Florida. Florida is God fucking awful. Oh my God, who else did they beat? 
I don't even know. They they beat LSU. That's a great win. But beyond LSU, by the way, Alabama beat LSU. And then Alabama beat Georgia. I don't want to hear any more about FSU. But I'll play, I'll play a little bit of one of the main defenders of Florida State not being incorporated into the college football playoffs. By the way, let me be very clear on this. I hate the way that college football, again, is ran. I hate the college football decisions and all that stuff. I hate it. I think it's dumb. I think it's stupid. I think it's barely a playoff because it barely has two rounds. It really should have four to five, right? There should be bye weeks. This whole month should be about college football playoffs. Or really, you should shorten the season and then college football and then get the bowl game started early or mid or mid uh, mid season or whatever, but they're not going to do that because they're very money driven. And so uh, for me, just figure it out. Have like three playoff games, like have three rounds of playoffs so that way we can just, you know, get something going here. Because I've had it with the whole, like, we can't we can't do this when it comes to playoffs. And da, 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 da. It's ridiculous. I've always hated it. I've always hated it. People have been complaining for years now about the playoffs. Or not the playoffs, but why do players not care about bowl games? Bowl games are participation trophies. <laughs> I mean, that's literally what they are. It's like, hey, thanks for playing this season. You know, here's a, here's a bowl game for you. And people are like, why don't players play in bowl games? That's that's not fair for the schools. It's like, it's like, well, it's not fair for the fucking team to essentially play in this participation fucking game every single fucking year that they don't win a, a fucking national championship or don't get to the playoffs. You have players consistently saying every single year whenever they opt out, they're like, I would have played in the playoffs, but we're not in the playoffs, so I'm not playing for a participation trophy. It's just that simple. College football fans, you can't have it both ways. You're the only sport that does this. You're the only sport that has this weird-ass way that you would essentially decide who gets into the playoffs and who doesn't. This doesn't happen in professional football leagues. This doesn't happen in basketball. This doesn't happen in baseball. You are the only motherfucking sport that does this shit. You lie in the fucking bed the way that you make it. It's so fucking annoying to see college football fans be like, I don't understand how this works. It's like this has always worked. The SEC is fucking king in your sport. It's king. Of course they were never going to leave out a representative for the SEC for god-awful Florida State who had a great year this year. Hey, congratulations. You're not absolute dog shit for the first time in God knows how long. And maybe you'll have another good year next year. Probably not because we all know that TCU had a great season after they went to the freaking college football playoffs. But Florida State, hey, congratulations, you had one good year. They're all adults. They're not kids. I hate it when people refer to them as kids. These are 20-year-olds that are adults. They are adults. They are adults with very little responsibility, but they are adults regardless. It's ridiculous for people to be like, I feel sorry for them. I don't. I feel sorry for the people, including myself last year, that had to watch that god-awful TCU game versus Georgia. It's ridiculous. I would feel bad if I... If Georgia beats the crap out of FSU in January, or really it's early, it's late December, if they beat the crap out of FSU in a couple of weeks, I swear to God, man, but I'll also apologize if they don't. 
and, and by don't, I mean if Georgia doesn't win the game. But they will, because they're going up against a third-string quarterback in the ACC. What the fuck do you think is about to happen? What do people think is about to happen? Georgia is about to ramrod FSU. Michigan, who is going up against the fourth-ranked Alabama, had collective moans and groans when it was revealed that they would be going up against Alabama. What the fuck do you think is about to happen to FSU? What do you think? The game has been rigged. It's, it is rigged. It's been rigged. As long as it will have four teams in the college football playoffs, it will always be rigged. This isn't about putting up, you know, the college football, the playoffs. It's not about having a lot of teams that are competitive. It's not. Because if it was, it would have had more competitive, it would have had more brackets for college football. Now there are more competitive teams via whatever different way you want. Via competition, via NILs, more boosters, more attention. Regardless, college football is more competitive to some degree, to some extent. With rule changes, with the advent of new ways that football is played, with a focus more on the passing league or the passing game, it seems as if there are more teams that are more competitive as the years go on. Whatever reason or reasons for that, it doesn't matter. Football, college football is more competitive. And so now there's an interest in bracket spots. Ohio State, interestingly enough, probably should have gotten in. Georgia should have gotten another chance. FSU probably should have gotten a chance. I think FSU probably would have lost. But hey, give them a shot to shut people up about it. Jesus Christ. But this ridiculous notion that college football has to be fair is stupid. It's not fair to the millions of people who have to watch this crap and watch your fucking god-awful teams come in and fucking get smoked on an annual basis. It sucks to watch these teams fucking play. It sucks. I don't want to see a midseason type of game where a team essentially blows out another team like they're the freaking like they're a battleship against a dinghy again in the national championship game. That is the dumbest thing I have ever seen in my entire life. And the fact that so many media members have come out and bitched and moaned and been like, let, let me read you this long ass tweet from RG3, who is like who was who won the Heisman, who's a analyst, and I mean, he he did this corny, hackney, I'm jumping into the Jacksonville Jaguars pool because Jacksonville has a pool in their stadium. He did that corny, hackney bullshit that really irked me. He tried to essentially be entertaining and he failed miserably. And he had this long-ass motherfucking tweet that Florida State fans are like, what do they what do they do that that tomahawk chalk the ah! Ah! That stupid thing Jesus Christ Here here is RG3's ridiculous Twitter response long ass tweet Florida State is the first undefeated Power 5 conference champion to not get into the college football playoff despite the ACC having a 6-4 and four record against the SEC this year. Again, none of that being against Alabama or Georgia, despite their defense not giving up 30 points in a single game all year. Yeah, again, like against the ACC. Who, who the fuck cares? Nobody cares. Despite their offense having more yards in the ACC championship 
than Michigan had in the Big Ten Championship. Pause. 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 Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody cares. Despite holding Louisville's top 20 offense, is Louisville a top 20 offense? They must be breaking out the bank. Top 20 offense? And like college football or in the ACC? Again, it's a difference. Top 20 offense? Where? Whatever, bro. It's like you beat Murray State 56 to to 0 and you beat Boston 56 to 28. Who the fuck cares? Nobody cares about those schools. Those schools don't have good football programs. I hate college football. Where is it? Despite beating four top 25 teams, nobody cares. <clears throat> or at least I don't care. It's like top 25 teams. It's like, bro, no, nobody cares. Or at least I don't care. Like a top, again, I don't care about the arbitrary rules of college football and who goes where and blah, 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 blah. Because it's like a top 25 team can be easily unranked next week and ranked this week. It always fluctuates. I don't care. This is why I hate college football. Again, I, I referenced the Mike Le- Leach, excuse me, uh, not article, excuse me, but the interview that he had when he was with 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 Wisconsin, I think when Wisconsin went to the college football playoffs, and he was like, "This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my entire life." That we have a com- we have a committee of people that barely even know the sport, that we don't even know who who votes on these things, and da 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 da. He brings up a lot of poignant points. I highly recommend you watching it. But okay. Sorry. Kay Adams is apparently on the Manning cast right now. Hold on. And people are freaking out about how hot she is. Give me what, like one second. I got to see this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, she looks like Kay Adams. She looks great. I I Do people not go outside and see like like enjoy life and like see women and interact with women and things of that nature? I mean, Kay Adams looks great. She she's looks gorgeous. She's always looked gorgeous. She'll continue to look gorgeous. I I don't get it. You know what I mean? I don't get it. It's like, are people now figuring out about Kay Adams? Did they not who Kay, know who Kay Adams was? Is? Come on now. Sorry. I'm just checking what's on Twitter right now. <clears throat> Going back to what I was talking about with... God, man. RG3's god-awful fucking tweet. Where is it? Despite... Hold on. Uh, despite... He talks about, like, how they 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 didn't go to the first... They didn't... They were, they're the first team to essentially do all of this bullshit to not go to the college football playoffs. Despite finding a way to win with their backup quarterback in a bitter div, uh, rivalry game. Nobody cares. Despite finding a way to win with their third-string quarterback in the ACC championship game. Again, nobody cares. It was against Louisville. Shut up. Like, if you'd done something impressive, like do that against Georgia, again, people would care. But I don't care. You're in the worst conference in America. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Or is it? Despite finding a way to win... In the ACC championship game, Florida State earned their spot. He finishes with this. In the college football playoff on the field, with and without Jordan Travis, you don't punish or diminish the work of 100-plus players 
and coaches because one player is not there on the field calling the shots. FSU always answered the bell this year, and their response to losing their quarterback was to play possessed on defense. It's an absolute travesty that they were excluded from the college football playoffs. It's not surprising that a former football player from Baylor would essentially speak in false equivalencies and ridiculous and in gibberish, essentially. It's just like it's not a surprise to me at all. Here's the thing. This, again, college football has never been fair. It's always been rigged. Everybody knows it. Everybody who's played in college football knows it, or at least is somewhat aware of it. And if you aren't, then you're not very smart. And especially the media members that essentially have bitched and moaned for the last couple of days about how Florida State hasn't been or isn't getting into the college football playoffs. It's like you are also a part of the problem and ridiculous because this has always been a thing. It's never not been a thing. It's always been a fucking thing. Here is McFarlane. I don't know his real name. What is his real name? It's Booger McFarlane. I refuse to refer to another person by the name of Booger. What is his real name? What is his real name? Anthony. Yeah, just go. How do you go from Anthony to Booger? God, man. That is the worst nickname ever. My God. Anyways, here he is talking about how unfair it is for FSU to not go to the college football players. Here he is. Hold on. Hold on. Actually, I'm watching Jacksonville. Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, no way. No way. I'm watching Jacksonville play up against uh, the Bengals. Ja- uh, the Bengals. The Bengals have been doing so much horse shit throughout the entirety of the game. What Zach Taylor cancer of a quarterback my god not quarterback but coach just absolutely freaking called a flea flicker or some other bum ass play that leads to an interception Uh, yeah that's a touchdown and uh, like a touchdown an interception in his own fucking territory and the idiot the idiot just gave up essentially a huge touchdown it's a huge it's a close game jacksonville is close to winning it this idiot fucking called a dingus of a play and it pisses me off because his quarterback's playing really well and instead of playing the game straight up this jackass decides to do some dumbass flea flicker play that didn't work in the first half i don't know why he called it again pretty much in the second half with a different variation or a double pass excuse me it was a double pass and i'm just like oh my god man you fucking idiot just almost ruined your chances or probably ruined your chances of winning the game idiot Anyways, here's Anthony McFarlane. I refuse to refer to him by his nickname. Talking about how uh, it, it's not fair for FSU to be excluded from the college football playoffs. Wait, I didn't. I didn't unmute my computer audio. Hold on. Here we go. Just given how that league is played in championship settings over the last two decades. And if you're looking at that point, then, then to me, you're projecting, you're trying to get the best matchup based on performance, not getting Yes, this- yes, that's, yes. That is, again, either McFarland doesn't understand what the fuck is going on, or he's just a fucking idiot. Or, excuse me, he's, he's either disingenuous or he's an idiot. I think he's a little bit of both. I think he's a fucking idiot, and he doesn't know what's going on, and he's being disingenuous. 
teams that deserve to be in, in my opinion. And, and I think we look at this from a selfish standpoint. We want the best matchup so we can say, you know what? This year's semifinals wasn't a blowout. Yep. Hey, hey, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. He fucking gets it. He gets it. Hey, round of applause. He fucking gets it. And then he doesn't get it like five seconds later. The blow like it's been the last couple of years that we get good matchups, and I just think that's a that's devastating for the kids at Florida State. And I think we're diminishing how you win. It's okay to win with defense. It's okay to have a dominant defense and win. I don't understand why. And by the way, he says it's okay to win with defense. It's okay to have a dominant defense. It's like, do you do you not watch? Did you not watch fucking Georgia the last two fucking years? Are you insane? Did you not watch Alabama? When they beat Ohio State like two years ago or three years ago. How about LSU? You like some of that? You like defense? College football is one of the only places where there are still like dominant defenses that can like shut people out. Again, did you not watch Georgia last year in the national championship game? Football game. It doesn't always have to be scoring 50 or 60 points. And I think as, as a football nation, as a group of analysts, we got to wrap our mind around that because to me, this is about let's get the four best matchups. We can sell it and we can do all these different things. Yes, 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 yes. Exactly. Fucking exactly. Yes. I want Alabama versus Michigan. I want UT. I want UT versus Washington. Yes. It's like I'm rooting for all three fucking teams except for those bastards at boot at the fucking Michigan Wolverines. Fucking hate you. Hope Alabama absolutely mollywops you on the 1st of January of next year. But yes, that is the scheme. That is the plot. We want teams that are going to provide great matchups. Why the fuck wouldn't we want anything else? Florida State won 16-6 with defense. They dominated a Louisville team from a defensive standpoint. Who cares? I, I, I don't either. I mean, but, but I will say this. I they seem like separate arguments to me, Boog. You can win with defense. You can be a defensive-minded team and win, but it's a different argument as to whether they're still the same team that put together this resume that you say uh, merited them being in the playoff, which is a reasonable position to take. Nope. I'm just saying it seems like two different arguments that you're conflating a little No bit. team is the same. From the beginning of the season to the end, no team is the same. So to your point, I agree with you. They're not the same team, but that's okay. You can be a different team. I've been on teams that lost two or three games at the beginning of the season and went sure. on to win the Super Bowl. You can adjust and you can change. That's what good coaching is about. Jalen Milro is not the same player now that he was. When ESPN had all of these, like, firings over the summer, I really was praying to God that <laughs> – Anthony Farlan, McFarlane would also be fired as well. And unfortunately, he was not. Unfortunately, he was not. I will say this. As cringy as RG3 is, like, not having Susie Collins, Steve Young, and, like, a bunch of other old people that really don't do anything for the sport. I remember I was, like, I was watching um, this highlight of Pat McAfee uh, going through his college game day picks. Where And I don't watch College Game Day because it's like three hours long. It's like a three, four-hour television show. I'm like, why the fuck would I watch that shit? But I do catch it every now and again because Pat McAfee does some cool-ass shit every single fucking week. Hold on. Hold on. Before I continue forward with this, I got I to gotta find that clip of him going through his fucking Game Day prediction. His Game Day prediction was fucking awesome like two days ago. It's awesome. So cool. It hyped up the crowd. 
It got me excited to watch college football. That's what you want your fucking pregame show to do. You want it to be able to entice people to watch the fucking sport. Here it is. It's like seven minutes long. I'm going to fast forward through parts of it after I get an ad. But it's like it has a skip on it. So give me like one second. Here he is. Here he is. Here's Pat McAfee fucking predicting his fucking, uh, his fucking, his fucking, um, actually, you know what? Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll do Pat McAfee. I was gonna, I was gonna do Lee Corso, but Lee Corso, man, he really should have been fired, but he's old and he's been a part of a part of college game day for decades. So people like him because he's just been around, but he, he's like 90 years old, right? He, his fastball is long gone. They need to get his fucking ass out of there. He's 88 years old. Get him the fuck out of there, man. I'm so tired of seeing him just stumble and bumble around. It's getting to the point where it's just sad. But here it is. Here's Pat McAfee picking who's going to win the SEC championship game, Alabama or Georgia. Back is the hero of the day. 29 straight wins, back-to-back national champions. What's that coming down the track? It's me, machine in the red and black. Ain't nothing finer in the land. Then a drunk obnoxious Georgia fan. Go dogs. Go dogs. So, if you have no idea what just happened, Pat McAfee sung, essentially, or did a chant. By the way, they're in, like, an auditorium in Georgia with tens of thousands of just college football fans in attendance. And Pat McAfee, because, it's again, it's held in Georgia. Georgia is obviously in Georgia. And Alabama is, I think, Alabama is in Alabama, right? So, they're in very, very close proximities to both fan bases, both fan bases are out. They're out and out and out, right? Pat McAfee does the Bulldog chant, enticing the Georgia Bulldog fans to essentially chant along, and then does a heel turn and predicts Alabama, and then does the Alabama, oh, time roll! He does that, right? That, if you don't know what, what happened. It was an incredible moment in television. It was incredible. Uh, I, I got to see it, and then I had to go to work. But that's that's what I'm talking about when it comes to just putting up interesting personalities on a college football. And Booger McFarlane is bitching and moaning because defense isn't the focal point of the sport anymore, even though it was the focal point of the sport for like 
fifth since like the sport has existed. This is the only time that offense is like the focal point of the sport. You have to have a quarterback. You have to have a wide receiver. You have to have good offensive line play. And now defensive players are like, we can't play football anymore. Hmm. And it's like ratings are as good as they've ever been. Players are getting paid the most money they've ever been in. They have the most leverage, the most interest. It's like everything is good going for the sport. And all the defensive players are like, we can't play this sport anymore. Meanwhile, it's like every single quarterback has been knocked out of the of the freaking season, like Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, like like freaking Kenny Pickett got knocked out of the freaking game like yesterday. I, I or not yesterday, but like last week. And people are like, we can't play defense. We can't hit quarterbacks anymore. It's like, give me a break. Do you, well, I, I'm I'm mad that defense isn't the focal point of the foot of the sport, and I, we aren't playing rough and tough football anymore. It's like, go fuck yourself. My God. The beginning, Tommy Reese changed the game plan. Nick Saban coached him up better. And now he's playing at an elite level. He changed. It's okay to change. I, I hear that they changed, but that's different. You're t- McFarlane has absolutely lost it. He's gone insane. He's not practical. He's not smart. He has no idea whatsoever what any of what, what makes college football college football he has no unique insight. He has no perception. He has no grasp of reality in regards to college football. You know who does? A person who really doesn't even cover college football at all, Rachel Nichols. Here she is. It's a five. It's a two minute. I thought it was five minutes. It felt like five minutes, uh, but it's two minutes. She does. She essentially explains in a dissertation type of style why college football and why the committee picked Alabama over L- over FSU, not LSU, in a practical, intelligent, and most importantly, even though I said it was I like it felt like five minutes, it felt like five minutes in like a good way. It felt long in like a good way, but it was informative. It was straight to the point. It was concise, and most importantly, it was built, developed, and rooted in reality. Here's Rachel Nichols on CNN, uh, I guess, today or yesterday or something like that. And where he's coming from, Florida State beat every single one of the very strong opponents in front of them. And the fact that they did it after getting down to their third string quarterback in a lot of people's eyes should work for them, be more impressive instead of working yeah. against them. But the college football committee really did make it clear, even going into all of this, that they're not giving these spots to the teams that had the four best records this past season. They're giving them to the four teams who they think can be create the most competitive and frankly highest rated games for this upcoming college football playoff. Thank you. And there is no doubt that Alabama versus Michigan is going to do bonkers ratings, Jim. Thank you. And is Thank you. Give them more- the two biggest f- fan bases in the country relative to essentially who watches uh, uh, f- college football on a weekly basis is like UT, Michigan, Ohio State in no particular order, and Alabama. You got like three of the top eight or nine teams that have the largest fan bases when it comes to ratings playing in the college football playoffs this year. Of course they're going to put in Alabama, but she continues forward. That was 30 seconds. It felt like it was two minutes. 
competitive game than FSU probably could have gotten with their third string true freshman quarterback. And, and I got to be frank about this. Anyone who expected this process to be fair about with the teams that would be the most deserving Thank just you. hasn't been paying attention. Thank this you. process is about making money. This Thank is you. not about some honorable calling or cause. Thank this you. is about a sport that has said from the very beginning, we want to try to milk this cow as much as possible. And if Holy shit. Somebody who fucking gets it. I can't tell you how obnoxious it's been from media analysts to be like, I just, I just feel, you know what I feel? I, I just feel so bad for FSU and all those kids. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. You know who doesn't care? None of the four fan bases from any of the teams that are making the playoffs because they understand what this fucking sport is all about. Nobody fucking cares. Not interested in playing that. I don't know, maybe switch to track and field or something that's determined by a stopwatch instead of a dozen people in a room behind closed doors in Texas. Thank I, you. I hear what you're saying, Rachel, but I mean, you know, Florida State finished the season undefeated. The CNN guy, I don't know if he's just incompetent or if he's just essentially teeing her up, but he's just like, I, Florida State just finished. It's just like, did you not listen to what she just said for like the last minute? Did you not listen? She just broke it down. Here she is again. Here he is. But did not. Um, they they played a fairly good Louisville team last night and looked they good did. with, as you said, a third-string quarterback. And, I, you know, f feel free to correct me if I'm wrong here, but it sounds as though Alabama might have gotten some preferential treatment here. Yes, they did beat the number one team in the country in Georgia, but at the same time, I have to wonder whether the college football playoff gods would have done this had it been just about any other team coming from any other conference and that this was showing favoritism to Alabama, Coach Nick Saban, and the S. It 1,000% has is showing favoritism to Alabama and Nick Saban. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. You got robbed, okay? Somebody broke into your house. They took your PlayStation 5. They took your big-ass TV. They went into your freaking cupboards. They took your car keys. They took your car. Then they took the license to your house, and then they stole your damn house. They took everything. That's what Alabama just did. They took everything, and they did it in a legal manner. They did it. They did it. Should you be infuriated? No, because that's the game that college football has been playing for the last 10 years. See, and that, that ain't fair. Totally, totally yeah. reasonable question. Totally reasonable position could absolutely be accurate. But you said the key word there, preferential. This is about yeah. people's preferences. When you have a system that is determined, again, there's 13 people on this committee, 12 men, one woman. They decide behind closed doors in a room. They meet in Grapevine, Texas, right near the airport. They make the decision. Their opinions, their biases come into play. And one of those biases is who's going to get us the money? Who's going to bring in the ratings mm. when we have these games around New Year's Day? And there is no question that Alabama versus Michigan is going to do all of that. It is not fair. However, that's not the game being played here. And I think that's really yeah. the, the, the stakes we got to look at. Ah, I love Rachel Nichols. Always have been a fan of Rachel Nichols. Always love her insight. Love the swag. Love her reporting. ESPN lost a good one. I mean, ESPN freaking, I mean, <laughs> biggest fumble of the fucking decade. Moved on from Rachel Nichols for Malika Andrews. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Shout out to Rachel Nichols. Absolutely slicing and dicing up freaking CNN. My God. What a fucking star. But yes, that is, wow, that was like an hour. <laughs> I was like, wow, that was like an hour of college football. Yes, Alabama absolutely deserves to be in the college football because college football playoffs because that's how the game is run. 
And I'll say this. I'll end the whole college football discussion with this. I will apologize. I will say I was wrong. Florida State should have been into the college football playoffs. They should be the national champions. You know, I'll say this. I'll say this. Florida State should be the national champions. They got robbed. Alabama shouldn't have gotten in. All this good stuff. I'll acquiesce. If they beat Georgia. If they beat Georgia. If there's such a good football program that deserves all this stuff, beat Georgia. I'll give you the fucking champ. I'll, I'll give you the fucking trophy. I'll say the trophy is a, is a sham. You don't think I will? Let them beat Georgia. I'm a man of my word. I am uberly confident that they are going to not only lose to Georgia, but get their absolute asses handed to them against Georgia that I'll just be like, yeah, I guarantee, I, you know what? They should be the national champions if they beat Georgia. Why not? While we're living in fantasy land. Hey, hey, you know what? You know what? I'll I'll go ahead and just, you know, sprout wings and turn things to gold by touching them because I have the Midas touch. You know? While we're living in fairy tale make-believe fantasy fantasy land, you know what? Santa Claus has deemed me to be a very good boy. And so he says to me, you know what, 24? I'm gonna give you GTA 6 early while we're living in fantasy land. They aren't going to beat Georgia. They will be embarrassed against Georgia. They are playing their third-string quarterback. Do you realize what Georgia does to quarterbacks? Even now, without Big Davis, without Big Jordan Davis, without freaking the mammoth that was Jalen Carter in college football, without all those guys, Javon Walker, all those guys, do you realize what Georgia's defense does? The ACC is a Power 5 school, but they are a participatory Power 5 school. Do people actually think to themselves, you know what, Virginia Tech, they're as good as LSU. Nobody thinks that. Nobody says that. They have a cool intro, a cool player entrance, but they are in no way, shape, or form anywhere close to some of the the middle-of-the-pack teams in the SEC. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. And you know what? Georgia's going to stop it. Go, dog. Go, dogs. Go, dogs. They're going to stop it when we get to January. They're going to stop it. I'm sick of it. I thought, you know, tonight, I thought, um, oh my God, he missed a touchdown, T. Higgins. I thought I was going to essentially watch, turn this game on, Jacksonville versus the Bengals, turn it on. Because I thought this game was going to be over and done with incredibly quickly. Fortunately or unfortunately, depending on the way that you want to look at it, it's not over and done with. As Jamar Chase just dropped a first down on third and three inside the red zone of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Do you go for it on fourth down or do you just kick the field goal? I think you kick the field goal here. There's 10 minutes, 58 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Your defense has played lights out. Just take the points. You know, you don't need to score a touchdown. You're going to score another touchdown anyways. You know what I mean? To win the game. As Joe Burrow has his arm in a sling because his offensive line stinks. Yeah. The analytics of ESPN says to go for it on fourth down. I I don't know why they're going for it. They shouldn't. It's kind of like the thing with Dallas last week. Oh, wait. They get it. It was like the thing with Dallas last week where I was like, I I wouldn't go for it. It was like late in the drive. CeeDee Lamb had dropped a fourth down completion. I was having deja vu right there. I was just like, just take the points. You know what I mean? 
You've gotten your interception. I mean, that game against Seattle could have even been a bigger blowout. They convert. Jamar Chase makes up for his drop pass with a catch and a first down. And now they're, I mean, they're at, they're inside, I think, the five, right? Let me see this thing. Let me see this tang. Yeah. Inside the five, out the four. Do you run it here? Yeah, they do. Joe Mixon. They, they didn't stop him. They haven't stopped that dude all day. It's like first and goal at the four. He gets like three. It's going to be like second and goal inside the one. You may just sneak it. He didn't get it. He didn't get it. Could have extended over the goal line. He's smart. Eh, he may have gotten it. He may have gotten it. Terrible spot. They spot him at the one. I don't know how you spot him at the one. He was inside the one. He was inches away. Just give it to him again. Or you throw a fade to Jamar Chase. Or you hand it off to Jamar Chase. No, they sneak it. They sneak it. Why did they sneak it? What? Oh, my God. Joe Mixon just gets through. I, I just sometimes. Oh, no, they get the touchdown. Never mind. I was going to be so pissed off if they didn't get it. I was just like, why would you sneak it when you have Joe Mixon? And he's been killing the fucking Jags all fucking day. Jake Browning is the quarterback for the Bengals. And he's been slicing and dicing him up all game long. Zach Taylor, moron, had uh, had originally been calling some bullshit foo-foo plays because he had no confidence in his quarterback. And his quarterback said, let it fly. And then Zach Taylor let it fly. And then Zach Taylor will be the reason why they lose this game if they lose this game because the Jacksonville Jaguars defense has not been able to stop Jake Browning and uh, the passing attack of the Bengals. Here's an interesting little tidbit about the Jags, right? So Kansas City lost against the Eagles two weeks ago. Lost against the Packers. Kansas City, and we'll talk about Kansas City here in a couple of minutes, but because Kansas City has just stumbled and bumbled around like buffoons, Kansas City is now, I think, one game, not even I think, I know they're one game out from the one seed. I wish I could also see the seeding. Like, the Dolphins are 9-3, and three, and the Ravens are 9-3. and three. Kansas City is 8-4. and four. I think they go up against the Ravens right this year. Uh, no, they don't. Did they go up against them this year? Uh, no, they don't. They do go up against the Bengals, but it doesn't matter. They do go up against the Bills, though. The final five games are the Bills, Patriots... Raiders, Bengals, and then Chargers for the Chiefs. But because the Chiefs lost last night to the Packers, 19 to 27 with a controversial pass interference, uh, non-call. The Chiefs, though, the Chiefs, they aren't going to. Um, they're they're not the one seed right now. And so Cameron Wolf had tweeted out this interesting statistic about how about how. God, people are still talking about K. Adams. I mean, again, as somebody who notoriously gets distracted by beautiful women and beautiful people, I mean, just like, hold on. Hold on. Peyton Manning is not happy about the double pass either. 
But, sorry, I was watching. <laughs> you want to know what was ironic about that? I was watching Peyton Manning freak out and Kay Adams is on my... I get it. Kay Adams, very beautiful woman. She's... I mean, again, if you don't know about Kay Adams, I, I, I don't know what... To, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? If you didn't know how good she looks, I... I, I mean, she's 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 been here for years. I don't get it. Sorry. Regardless, talking about literally how easy it is for me to try. Like, I lost my train of thought because I was like, again, I was, I saw like videos of Kay Adams. Again, she looks beautiful. Da 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 da. I got a little bit of, I got a little bit distracted. I lost my train of thought. Kansas City has had a very very checkered year this year. Losing some games that they shouldn't, really shouldn't, and uh, especially this weekend. They lost and conceded the one seed last night when they lost to the Packers, and now they're one game behind the Dolphins and the Ravens, and the Ravens, what the fuck did I tell you, could potentially be the one seed in the conference, and I think potentially they may be able to do it. I mean, the Jets, or not the Jets, but the Dolphins, they have two just easy-ass games in the Titans and the Jets. And then they go up against the Cowboys, then the Ravens. That'll be a fun football game on December 31st. And then they finish off the season with the Bills. Like, their final three games are ridiculously hard, but their next two games are going to be ridiculously easy. So, Kansas City's out. Jacksonville, because of that, is now in as the one seed. I think Jacksonville may lose this game tonight. And that'll put them back into the running with the... um, with the freaking Houston Texans again to potentially be the one seed in the conference. But the thing about the Jacksonville Jaguars is that they have it's it's interesting how good the Ravens schedule is in regards to the playoff seeding, right? Like they're kind of in charge of their own destiny, right? Because the Ravens because they're 9 and 3, they go up against the two other teams within the next month, I think. Let me just google this really fast. They go up against the two other teams, and holy Christ, they do. This is Check this out. This is the Ravens' final five. Rams, Jags, 49ers, Dolphins, Steelers. I mean, the Ravens could be helping themselves out a lot if they went out, but I think they may lose two, maybe three of these final five. But really, you want the two, maybe three games that you lose to be up against the Rams, the Niners and the Steelers and the two games that you want to win, obviously like you have to win to be relevant in the AFC when it comes to the one seed are the Jags and also the Dolphins. You want to win those games and all of those teams are going to get equal opportunities and equal shots at one another. It's going to be a great month of football. I'm super excited for it. Super pumped, super pumped. But yeah, uh, I remember Cameron Wolf was like, the Jags are in control of their own destiny if they win out, essentially. And I was like, they are. They are. But does anyone believe that they're going to win out? I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of don't. I kind of don't think they're going to win out here. Me, myself, I don't think they're going to win out. But hey, who knows? Maybe they do. Um, Anyways. What else do I got? What else do I got? Oh, yeah, we got to recap these final couple of games here. I'm still watching the Jags versus the uh, 
the Bengals here. Kind of a short little insight on this game if I can. This game should not be this close. To me at least. Trevor has not had a great performance. This isn't like Dak Prescott last week. It really isn't. And I've talked about Trevor Lawrence. And it looks like this may be coming back on the Jags here maybe. Like a flag flew. Maybe a hold. What is this? Oh, no, it's on the defense. Never mind. <clears throat> what is this illegal contact on DJ Turner? What's the illegal contact? I don't know what it is. But this isn't, for example, like Geno Smith, who's had a on-again, off-again relationship with playing well over the last year. This isn't Geno Smith playing like lights out against the Dallas Cowboys last week. This is like Jake Browning, a quarterback from Washington who was undrafted, who's playing a better football game than Trevor Lawrence. And granted, he has better weapons than Trevor, but Trevor is supposed to be the dramatically better football player. And this has been my problem with him. I'm like, dude, how are you not, how are you just not beating this team badly? You know, I mean, the Bengals secondary isn't that great. Their pass rush with Trey Hendrickson is a problem. But to me, it, it should be a very, very simple game for him to play in and win. And he just, I mean, they're hanging on. The game's tied right now. It's 28-28. Granted, he just had a big completion that essentially got, um, well, the receiver went out of bounds essentially at like the 25-26 yard line of the Bengals. So they're almost inside the red zone of the Bengals. Actually, it's the 23 yard line, excuse me. But it's like, this game should already be out of reach. I shouldn't watch this game and think to myself, wow, man, this game is super close. It should be like, no, this game is out of reach for the Bengals. Trevor Lawrence is on a heater. He's taking care of business. And the Bengals are going to lose this game in a very convincing manner. But no, this is like a pretty decent primetime game without Joe Burrow. And it's like, wow. Like the Bengals, de- not the Bengals, the Jags defense has been playing their boo-boo zone scheme that just hasn't worked at all and Jake Browning has been able to make reads on the defense it's very very good and has been able to contribute essentially to the um the Bengals being in this game and then Trevor Lawrence really hasn't done anything what are what are Calvin Ridley's numbers is another good question Calvin Ridley has three receptions 30 yards it's another thing. I mean, Zay Jones, four receptions, 72 yards. Another thing, it's like, you know, C.D. Lamb, Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, like all these top-tier receivers, they get targets, they get trust in their quarterbacks, Cooper Cup when he's healthy, like all this stuff. They get they get guys, they get receivers, or not receivers, but quarterbacks that throw them the fucking football deliberately. And I don't see, I don't see that with Trevor Lawrence, and I don't really understand it. It kind of reminds me of Des Bryant with Dak Prescott years ago, except if Des was still Des Bryant, which he wasn't when Dak came to Dallas because he was constantly getting hurt. He was still hurt. But, um, I mean, on this end-around play, the Bengals' defense was all over it. I mean, they sniffed this crap out. It was a jet sweep to Calvin Ridley. I mean, they were just, I mean, they for A, number one, they smoked him. B, number one, they correctly made the read. And then C, it was obvious from day one. I mean, the the Bengals' defense, literally everyone's head was just looking in the backfield. They didn't, they didn't freaking buy that for a second. 
And then they check it down on second and 16. And I just. They check it down on second and 16. Like, what the fuck is going on? What? Hold on. Doug Peterson had a staff member go out, give a player a water bottle. I've never seen this in my entire life. I'll give you more on Doug Peterson in a second. Doug Peterson had a staff member. Oh, my God. What just happened? What the fuck just... Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, no. Give me one second. Give me one second. Oh, yeah. That's not good. Give me one second. Something's gone on with Trevor Lawrence. Eesh. So, oh yeah, that's not good. Everybody knows how bad this is in the stadium. Let me let me tell you what just happened. Trevor Lawrence, as he's dropping back, gets his left tackle backed up into him. He's going up against the big boy, Trey Hendrickson, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Walker Little, his left tackle, literally backpedals into Trevor Lawrence's right leg and twists it essentially in the opposite direction that it's supposed to go to. And I mean, it, it, and then his, a lot of his body weight then was essentially put on his right leg as well. So he's in a lot of pain. Terrible, essentially terrible. Uh, I, I don't like just a terrible freaking um, way to essentially have a, I, I don't even know what to describe it. It's, I, I don't, I, I think it's an injury. I think he's, I mean, he, he couldn't even walk off the football field, but <clears throat> it's, um it's a terrible sequence of events. Anyways, I was uh, about to get on Doug Peterson and his bullshit play calling. Because it is very bullshittish. Bullshitty. I don't know how to describe it. It's bad. His play calling is bad. He's had multiple plays at times that the Bengals defense has been able to read perfectly. Doug Peterson has gone from being one of the best head coaches in the NFL and having a team that's essentially a Super Bowl caliber team with the not with the 49ers but with the Eagles a couple of years ago to this like this is just embarrassing it really is embarrassing to see just how bad his football team has gotten or not i mean technically the Jags aren't his original football team that he got the job for but to me it's just embarrassing to just see how it, hold on and hold on
Hold on. So, Trevor just had to be walked off the football field or helped off of the football field, not by cart. He's limping off the football field. And God fucking damn it. The kicker just missed the fucking kick. 48-yarder, perfectly within his range, outside, granted. But he's got to fucking hit that shit. I mean fucking joke that's what that is i'll tell you he may he may fucking have his uh his job be taken next week anyways doug peterson awful head coach uh has really in my opinion at times just and i've seen the jags play multiple times this year it's just at times it's just he has done some really really he's done a really bad job at times with the play calling and it's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in my entire life in regards to a head coach where he was great at play calling. I mean, he made the Philly Philly, you know, that play that won the Super Bowl or was not won the Super Bowl, but was infamous in the Super Bowl. And he's gone from that to, I mean, Trevor Lawrence may be done for the year. I'm watching him walk right now to the locker room. And I mean, he's barely standing He's wobbling essentially off the football field there. And he is like, he is, he probably should have a golf cart because he can barely walk. He can barely walk. And Jacksonville's defense has been abominable all game long. And I mean, it seems like it's a formality at this point that not the Dolphins, but the Jacksonville Jaguars are just going to lose this freaking football game. Mm -mm -mm. Damn. Give me like one second. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just watching funny memes on Twitter. I got distracted because I was looking up news and information. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. Jake Browning just converted on third and one in what was one of the like slowest cuts I've ever seen on my entire life. In my entire life. Jesus Christ. Hold on. Sorry, I'm just like looking up weird stuff on Twitter. I don't get it. There's like this Joe Budden beef with NBA Young Boy. I just, oh, gosh. Sorry, it looks like Trevor's probably done for the day. Maybe I, I'm not gonna make any any like predictions on Trevor Lawrence's injury, but it looks like it's he's done. I'll kind of switch gears and talk about some of the games that happened on Sunday, too, as well. Also, I guess I'll talk about the big news that kind of happened today. Hold on. As the Bengals...
Uh, you know, I'll cover this final draft. Why Why would I change gears? There's four minutes left in the game. 28-28. to 28. Bengals are in the red zone, or almost in the red zone, of the Jags. They had, I guess, a false start or something like that, making it first and 15th. F- first and 15. There's been some pushing and shoving going on in this game. It's been a weird game because I think the Jags feel like they feel entitled to this win. They feel entitled to success. We're going up against Jake Browning. The Bengals have been shit all fucking year. Why are we not why are we not better? Why are we not winning? Why are they winning? Or why are we tied with them? We're supposed to be better. Their offensive line sucks. The only good player on their offense, the only two good players on their offense are Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase. Why are they so bad? And it looks like the offense has another false start on it. But it's very weird. The Jacksonville Jaguars have kind of been playing like jackasses tonight, both when it comes to their ability to stop. Okay. Sorry. But when it comes to their ability to like stop the Bengals and also playing like jackasses in regards to like playing like douches. Second and 15. It's like at the 37-yard line of Jacksonville. The Bengals are, oh, my God, he's going to get sacked. And he does. They blitzed with Josh Allen, or I guess they just didn't cover Josh Allen. Josh Allen, the pass rusher, not the quarterback. Like second and 15. And they just, I don't know what happened. Joe Mixon, I guess, just didn't have him. Or the left tackle didn't have him. The left tackle, I just, I don't understand what the fuck you're doing, Orlando Brown. What the fuck are you doing? He deliberately chooses not to block Josh Allen. Dude, get one of them. Or technically, I guess because he's like, I'll have the, I'll cover the inside man. They'll pick up the out the guy that's rushing from the outside. It's like I I don't know. It's a hard assignment. It's annoying. The back should have picked up somebody, but are you seriously about to have Joe Mixon be one-on-one with Josh Allen? Do you realize how bad of a decision that is? I do. I just saw the results. Joe Mixon thinks that it's a, that he can just go out in the flat and just wait for the ball. And uh, he was sorely mistaken. It's like third and 22 now after the sack. Hold on. So Trevor is questionable to return with an ankle injury. injury. CJ Bethard, the backup quarterback for Jacksonville, is warming up. Unless they give him the strongest drugs that also make him semi-lucid, he is not coming back to this game. He could barely stand on his fucking feet. And they're showing me the injured quarterbacks, Joe Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, Kenny Pickett, Anthony Richardson, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson. All of those players that I just mentioned are out for the entirety of the season, by the way. And so there's uh, it's getting to the point where it's like slim pickings when it comes to quarterbacks. Third and 22. And then they just... Check it down to try and give McPherson, the kicker, a chance at this field goal here, which, okay. I mean, I agree. You may not like that you have to essentially check it down for a field goal, but it's like, what can you do when you're? it's third and 22? You don't have any plays that go for third and 22. They got eight yards. He's zero for one. He missed a 57-yarder. Evan McPherson, one of the best field goal kickers in the NFL. 54-yard field goal attempt. 
the Jacksonville Jaguars kicker, who's probably going to be fired, already missed a 48-yard field goal in the same doggone quarter. Let's see if McPherson can boot it. It may be wide. Nope, it's good. A 54-yard field goal. That's how you freaking kick it. Jacksonville Jaguars kicker probably is going to be fired. <laughs> He's probably missed a 48-yard field goal. I thought maybe the wind was blowing weirdly. Because it's outside. No, it's not. McPherson absolutely nails it, sinks it, keeping the Bengals' playoff hopes alive. If you're the Bengals, you're like, I want the team to lose. But they probably don't care. They're probably like, and we want our team to win. And it's just like, okay, well, you're going to, you're going <laughs> to, you're going to um, freaking lose out, I guess, on draft picks. I don't know. I'm tired. It's like, I I think I spent an hour on Alabama, and now I have to, like, talk about the rest of the regular season. Or not the regular season, but the rest of the NFL. Which is going to be very, very hard. Hold on. Still can't believe it's Monday. It feels unbelievable. It feels, today, <sighs> I'm just tired. I want to... Believe. What is going on with my fucking hand? It feels like my knuckles bruised right now. Sorry, none of this matters. I'm on t uh, like I'm on Best Buy right now, right? I'm super jazzed up about my new TV that I'm gonna buy. God, man, I've been buying all because I've been at fucking Dollar General, and I've been working at Dollar General. You never realize, right? You never realize how motherfucking shitty. Working at Dollar, the shit at fucking Dollar General is, and you think, oh man, all shit, all things are just absolute garbage. Like, I bought this power outlet from Best Buy the other day, and I was like, I was, I was shocked at how, I was shocked at, like, how well built and well constructed the surge protector, not outlet, but the I always use them. Um, I always use the two words like essentially collaboratively, but I was shocked at how well built and how well designed the surge protector that I was using from Best Buy was. And I, I mean, I love how I'm just talking about fucking bullshit like surge protectors, but I, like I, I couldn't believe the difference between Dollar General's surge protector and fucking Best Buy's insignia or whatever it was surge protector. And I was just like, oh yeah, Dollar General is just, they put out really, really crappy products and things of that nature. That's why their products are god-awful. Hold on. Evan McPherson thought that he just they're showing me Evan McPherson's reaction to um to the kick that he just sunk perfectly he thought he missed it of course he didn't miss it he's Evan motherfucking McPherson as CJ Beathard the backup quarterback for Jacksonville is about to come on to the football field I have no idea what I'm about to get from CJ Beathard can you imagine that right I just talked about like the relevance and the significance of Jacksonville and how if Jacksonville wins out, they win the conference. 
and now it's like they don't have Trevor Lawrence and I, oh football! Oh my god! Jacksonville recovers. First snap of C.J. Beathard's. Oh my god! Game tonight, and he fucking fumbles the snap, or not fumbles the snap, but fumbles the ball as he's scrambling. Oh my god! Oh my god! And it was active. It was live. Jesus Christ. And he fumbles it forward and Jacksonville almost recovers. I was like, oh my God, you've got to be kidding me. Bro, you've got to be kidding me. And then they give me the two-minute warning. I hate the two-minute warning sometimes. I wish they didn't go to commercial. And now he's grabbing his left hand. Oh my God. You better wrap some tape. <laughs> you better wrap some tape on that thing. You got no fucking quarterback. You got none. There are no quarterbacks on your motherfucking team. Who is on your fucking team that can throw the fucking football? My God. You don't have a motherfucking option. Sorry. Because I am... Oh my God, my shoulder is... So much pain right now. I'm getting one of those TV ads for one of those medications that has 99 bajillion different side effects for like, <laughs> for like treating heartburn. Like, like I, I love the medicines that are like, you know, this is Molly, Molly sidewise and d big tits <laughs> McGee or something like that. And we have the perfect drug to treat your heartburn. The side effects are peeing blood farting out livers, and most importantly, a heart attack. Call your doctor to say if you're eligible to receive, you know, this medicine. And it's just like, what? Like, I'll just take the fucking heartburn. Like, what is what is wrong with you? And IHOP, is that IHOP? Is that IHOP? Yeah, IHOP is having Willy Wonka-themed breakfast things. Hold on. I think they have a cotton candy milkshake. You know what I never got? I don't know what movie company owns Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I never understood why nobody made a Willy Wonka chocolate bar. Like a good chocolate bar and just bread. Like for like Willy the Wonka candy brand is a fictitious candy brand. And I feel like the studio that is in charge of the movie that owns the rights to the movie really swung and missed by not having a Wonka chocolate bar in America at a Walmart or at a freaking Kroger or whatever. They just missed the plot. Like, just get a really Wonka chocolate bar. Oh my God. Just missed it completely. Big swing and a miss. Instead, here I am complaining about how I don't have a Willy Wonka chocolate bar. I've never tasted a Willy Wonka chocolate bar, but goddamn has that movie made me want a Willy Wonka chocolate bar. And it is a fictitious candy freaking factory. And I want that chocolate. Sorry. And I want that damn golden ticket as well. As CJ Beathard is back out onto the football field. After almost fumbling, after the two-minute warning, it's two minutes left on the clock. First and 10, 34-yard line drops back. Why? Let's it fly. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. 
He throws it to Zay Jones on third and one. Why is he throwing it to Zay Jones on third and one? They have ETN, who hasn't had like a great game tonight. And he's just like, Doug Peterson is like, just take a shot, CJ. My God, what an idiot. Like, this is the type of stuff that I'm talking about. Why would you take a shot on third and one? Just run the football. Just run. You're down by three. You have to extend the drive. It's third and one. He's in the shotgun again, by the way. It's another passing play. And it works. It, it Evan Ingram got the first down. And almost across the the other uh, 50 as well. Because of again, one of the water boys running out onto the football field to hydrate one of the players on the last drive. The Jags don't have two timeouts, they only have one, and so they have to go fast. There's like one minute thirty-three seconds left in the ballgame. As Bethard checks it down to Evan Ingram again. I don't know why. This is one of the things that I just, I don't understand why teams don't blitz or bring exotic pressures against backup quarterbacks. It's like the, the, the freaking Bengals are just like, we're just rushing for all day. And I'm like, Bengals, call time, call fucking timeout. He's just checking it down. He just checked it down to Travis Etienne who gets tackled inside the, the 20 of the, of the Bengals. I'm like, Bengals, why are you not blitzing? Blitz the Jags. Why are you dropping seven and not rushing an additional two or one? Give them, give them something. Make the, make them fucking challenge. Don't just let them sit in the fucking pocket all night long and just let them pick you apart. My goodness, what are the Jags doing? Or not the Jags, but the Bengals doing? I mean, they're making him look like a superstar right now. My God. It's like first and 10 at the 28 of the Bengals. It's like they're go they're dropping everybody again. They're like, yeah, it's it hasn't worked all game long or on this drive. We're just going to have everybody just drop, play like eight yards back. And C.J. Beathard, we're just going to let him just kill us. We're just going to let him kill us. Zach Taylor needs to call a fucking timeout. He's not going to do it. Of course not. He's like, I don't want to give the opposition time. But his defense is getting killed out there by a backup. Jesus Christ, man. Finally, the Bengals get a stop. Finally. I would call a timeout here if I'm the Bengals. Or technically, the Jags call a timeout before the Bengals. I would be, I, if I was Zach Taylor, I would scream at my defensive coordinator. I don't care what you do. Draw up a fucking blitz. Kill him. Kill him. Kill him. Please, dear God, do not let him just stand in the fucking pocket all night long. And let him just freaking tee off on our defense when we could have probably won this game. As they're showing me Brandon McManus's 48-yard try, that is no good. My God. It's embarrassing how badly both teams have, how bad some of the coaching decisions have been from both teams. I mean, it looks like the Bengals aren't going to blitz again. They're just going to play this bullshit zone coverage. They're not going to press. They're not going to do anything. And, oh, my God, CJ, like, finally. They have a covered sack. They finally get them. Oh, my God. And, and Jacksonville took their final timeout. What's going on? What? 
I don't understand why Cincinnati. Zach Taylor is such a fucking idiot. Zach Taylor just called a timeout when Jacksonville was scrambling to get their guys onto the football field. Zach, what are you doing? What the fuck is wrong with you? Unless you're going to take shots down the field to give Jake Browning a chance because you think he's going to miss it. But he just called a timeout for what reason? I like I don't know why. I would have just let it happen and played for overtime. But finally, after playing that bullshit defense for the entirety of the drive, the Bengals get a stop. Hold on. And now, McManus, who missed a 48-yard field goal, if he misses this kick, oh my god. If he misses this kick, man, the city of Jacksonville will riot. Riot. He didn't. He hit it. I'm like, I was hoping he wouldn't. Or, excuse me, I, I was hoping he would for his sake. I was. I, I don't like it when kickers get a lot of hate. Pat McAfee has made me sympathetic towards kickers, but at the exact same time, I'm like, you gotta hit your kicks. You gotta hit your kicks. You know? I get it. It's hard. It's difficult. You gotta hit your kicks. And McManus has hit one of two. Okay. Let's see why Zach Taylor called a timeout. If I'm Zach Taylor, I am. Uh, you got 26 seconds left. You got one timeout. I don't. I don't know what you do here. What do you do here if you're the Bengals? Do you just throw a bunch of checkdowns and screens and all this other stuff? And do you tell your guys to run out of bounds? And I mean, you have maybe one throw, maybe two. Well, technically, you have. Yeah, you have one throw, maybe two, in the middle of the field for like a long completion. The reason why you have two is because you have your timeout. But really, your first, like, you have to have a major completion. You have to have, like, a 20-plus yard completion on the next, on the essentially only opening a touchback. Jacksonville decides to touch back, and they're just going to let Jake Browning take it all the way. You got to have a 20-yard completion here somewhere. You can't just check it down all doggone day if you're the Bengals, if you want to win this game and in regular time, I guess. As Jake Browning gets the play call. I don't know what Zach Taylor is going to do. He has been on an ab he has been Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde when it comes to the play calling. And it looks like Jacksonville is going to run the exact same scheme where they're just going to drop everybody and Joe Mixon is going to get the handoff. And it kind of works. They get the handoff and he gets like 20 yards. Again, you needed that. You call a timeout. Yeah. You call a timeout. You burn like 10 seconds if you're the Bengals and it kind of works. He had blockers out in front. They get the 20 yards that they need. And now you pretty much need like two more plays, both of which with 10. You know, a little bit less, a little bit more, somewhere around there. You need an additional 20 yards. You need like 40 yards to pretty much be in field goal range. Yeah, the 43. Yeah. I mean, that worked pretty well for Jack, not Jacksonville, but for the Bengals. Almost in field goal range. Best out route to Jamar Chase. You don't have that in breaking route again. You got to get something 
through the air, and you kind of hope that it's through Jamar Chase. Let's see. 43-yard line. Jake Browning drops back, looks, checks it down. Probably shouldn't have caught that. Oh, my God. Joe Mixon bounces it out to the outside, and he gets out of bounds, too. I was like, probably shouldn't have done that. He has to essentially work from the left hash all the way to the boundary, and he gets... He gets there, and he bounces off and spins off of, like, two tackles for a gain of, like, three. They burn four seconds. And Troy even says it. He's just, like, probably should have thrown that one away or done anything besides check it down to Joe Mixon, who had a scramble to essentially get back to a suitable place, a suitable position, which was out of bounds. And Browning drops back. Oh, my God, they check it down again. And he hurdles and he gets tackled and bounced. That's the end of the game. Or the end of the quarter. <sighs> man. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Just couldn't even fucking get the kicker out, man. What a fucking joke that was. Oh, my God. Jake Browning checked it down twice on two consecutive plays. Literally was so reserved and passive that he couldn't fucking do anything right anything on that drive except for handing it off to Joe Mixon and now it's like we're gonna get overtime which I feel like one of the two teams should have won the game in regular time but they didn't my god oh gosh let me see this essentially telling me the overtime rules and all that good stuff i'm just super annoyed at just how fucking uh easy the Bengals could have had it but they do some funky ass shit for some dumbass reason oh man it just fucking pisses me off hold on Tails never fails is what the Bengals were. Bengals pick, but of course, and I was like, and I was like, only cowards pick tails. You always pick heads. Always pick heads. Oh my god. Overtime game. I can't believe we're watching two backup quarterbacks play. And, I mean, granted, it's like if the starters were playing, it may be an awesome game. Trevor Lawrence versus Joe Burrow, but they're literally both hurt. I'm shocked and surprised that, like, no games right now have been flexed out of these slots. Like, I haven't heard or seen of a game just be simply put flexed out of a primetime slot this year, which this is around the time that you can do it. If you're the NFL or one of these networks, you can decide, hey, specifically, I think it's like Sunday night. You can say like, hey, Sunday night football, hey, we uh, we have this really crappy game. It's not as important as this game. We want this game, so uh, give it to us. And the NFL's like, sure, we will oblige you. And um, I, I don't understand why we're not getting the same treatment here. But, eh, I... It is what it is, I guess. As I'm watching 
commercial after commercial. It's not like I haven't gotten 99 bajillion ads tonight. There we go. We're back now. As Bethard is back out. It's four for five, 46 yards, seven rushing yards on the last drive. Kick the field goal. The backup quarterback for the Jags is Trevor Lawrence. Essentially out, probably of the game. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be an interesting offseason for Trevor Lawrence. He's up for an extension, I think, this year. Yes, he is. He's up for an extension this year. And if this is the end of Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence's season, you kind of got to wonder. It's like, if you're Trevor Lawrence, do you like the, the Jags will offer him a contract, but it's just like, what will be the contract for Trevor? It'll probably be low. They want to save money on their quarterback. It's a huge, important position. Trevor Lawrence has a lot of upside, but eh, I don't know. I mean, they they both may just say, we'll come back to the negotiating table next year unless we can get a deal. If Trevor Lawrence can't get a lot of money, then he's probably going to be like, yeah, I'm out. The same thing goes for Jacksonville, except on the reverse end. Jacksonville's probably like, if we can't get a good deal, then we're probably not going to take it. As finally, Jacksonville, or not Jacksonville, but the Bengals play a normal defense where they're like, yep, we're going to uh, to actually guard people and not just back off for like 20 yards and essentially bail and play for overtime, even though we have all of our starters essentially on defense or all of our main significant players. I cannot believe Trey Hendrickson is such a psychopath that he doesn't wear gloves when he rushes the quarterback or plays football. He, he He's barehanded. He's barehanded. When he rushes, it's like, do you realize how much damage you do to your hands when you are always, like, slapping, you know, shoulder pads and stuff like that? My God. I can only imagine just how rough his hands are and how fucked up his hands probably will be at the end of his career. My God, man. Third and six. Nine minutes left in the in overtime. C.J. Brethren. I mean, they've run every single play out of the shotgun. I don't think they've handed it off when Bethard's on the field, which that just, that that doesn't make any sense. And the Bengals blitz for the first time in both drives, and both of their corners are just, they just are like, hey, you know, we'll just let one, we'll let Evan Ingram out in the flat. Let's see who who's supposed to have him. One of the safe, one of the corners is supposed to have him. I don't understand it. First and 10. It's a toss play to ETN and it. It works when it really shouldn't work. It's a bad kind of like exchange with CJ Bethard and also Travis ETN. He kind of like bobbles it a little bit. And ETN just has an alleyway and he's just gone. There's blockers downfield. I'm so annoyed with this game. I'm not annoyed that the Bengals are going to lose it. It's just just huge mistakes. Like, I've seen great football games both in college and in college football and in the NFL. And it's just like to go from that to then this travesty of a game 
where it's just like I've seen both teams make cataclysmic mistakes. It's just it annoys me. Very much annoys me. Okay. The Jags, not the Jags, the Bengals, they get this huge stop. The one time that Beathard lines up under center, the Bengals are all over it. They read it perfectly. It was a great job by the Bengals. I guess that's why they don't get under center, because the only time that they do, they get a tackle for a loss. C.J. Beathard apparently is becoming like Tom Brady in the fourth quarter, where he just has, he found like another completion to, uh, to Zafe Jones or something like that. Just ridiculous. I don't understand why the Bengals defense. I don't understand why any of these defenses just don't try to attack into the quarterback and they'll drop people or they'll just have bullshit blitzes or all of their coverages. Like the Bengals coverages is just, hey, let's just play off zone coverage. You know, some type of off zone coverage. We're going to give guys like eight yards. We're not going to touch them. And guys have the, and the quarterback has it in the flat. And I just, I don't get it at all. And Calvin Ridley catches an awesome fade by CJ Beathard, but it's coming back because of a holding by the, um, by the Bengals. It's just, it's eye rolling. Yeah, it's, it's on the offense. It's just eye rolling just how bad the Bengals played that entire, like, just sequence. Just so annoying. They're showing me the right tackle against, I think, Chubba Hubbard or Chew. No, it's not Chubba Hubbard. It's Hubert, one of the pass rushers. And it's a slight hold. It is a hold. Refs haven't really done anything when it comes to throwing the flags tonight. So everybody's pissed off. It's just a fade in Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley's too good of a receiver, man. He's really too good of a receiver to be putting up the numbers that he's putting up. I don't understand it. Third and 17 now. Hoping literally. And they run that bullshit. They rush three now. What? And oh my god. What the fuck is he doing? Oh my god. Doug Peterson ran a shallow screen like crossing route. A shallow crossing route that essentially would have led into a screen. And of course it doesn't work. Of course it doesn't work. It's like, gee, I wonder if the shallow crossing screen will do anything. Or, I mean, it doesn't even look like it's a screen. It doesn't look like any. I don't know what Doug Peterson's plan was. It was poorly executed, poorly designed, stupid, obnoxious. I don't know why he did that crap. But... Wow, what an idiot Doug Peterson is. Oh, my God. No wonder why nobody... <laughs> I was about to say no wonder why nobody likes him. No, I'm just kidding. I don't even have a dog in the race. I'm just hoping for a good football game. Jesus Christ. Let's see. It's kind of like the Battle of the Stooges, you know? It's like, which court coach excuse me, can screw over their team more? Doug Peterson did a fine job on that last drive with some of the play calling. Let's see if Zach Taylor can do another awesome job of really making his team regret playing for him. As on first and 10, they hand it off to Joe Mixon and he almost gets tackled behind the line of scrimmage. It's like four minutes, 55 seconds left in overtime. 
you know what I feel? I, I like the overtime rules. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't like this whole, we can be passive. We can do this. We can do that. Da, 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 da. We're going to play for, we're going to play for an, uh, another overtime. I do want teams to score. It should be both teams have an opportunity to score, but also uh, if you don't score and another team scores, you lose the game. I like I like the Kansas City Buffalo Bills freaking uh, overtime ruling. And also apparently after that game where Buffalo had like scored in 10 seconds or whatever, Buffalo's lost every single overtime game that they've played in because they're Buffalo. They're ridiculous. They're clowns. As Jamar Chase just has this awesome clutch catch. While he's getting tackled, he like bobbles the ball. Wow. Boom. Bam. Troy Aikman just said that Jamar Chase is... Jamar Chase was Jake Browning's third read on that last play. I'm like, why was he the third read on that play? You know what I like about Mike McCarthy and CeeDee Lamb? Mike McCarthy draws up and dials up plays that are specifically designed to get CeeDee Lamb the football. I get it that Jamar Chase has like a bajillion yards this game. He needs more for them to win. How many games does he have right now? Not games, yards. Jamar Chase has 141 yards. He probably, to like win comfortably and win in, you know, in regular time, he probably needed to have somewhere close to like 200, like 180, 170 yards. I don't know. That's just me. Oh, my God. Another bad screen pass to Joe Mixon. Oh, and it's not a touchdown. It's a score. Then, like, God, fucking Zach Taylor. Why are you not throwing it to Jamar Chase? Even I don't know the overtime rules, apparently. I just don't understand it. It's like, you know you only have to, like, like Zach Taylor is pretending like he is essentially playing for, I, I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Like, it's third and ten. It's third and ten. He has a screen on, like, second and ten. I'm like, oh my god, dude, they had to throw it away on first down. Jake Browning just had a huge completion of T. Higgins. There you go. Oh, gosh, finally. Let me see what's going on. Jags blitz. He was looking the left. He has man-on-man -man coverage with T. Higgins, and the corner is just... Kale what's his name? It's not Calais Campbell, It's but, but it's the former Georgia corner. I mean, when I tell you he trips on air, he trips, stumbles, and falls on air. Or technically, it's the turf. But, I mean, he just was completely lost out there against T. Higgins on an island. They hand it off to the back 30. He gets the edge and he... he God. He goes nowhere pretty much. There's like a bajillion just quick throws inside, you know, slants, screens. You know, um, what is it? Pick, pick plays. Just there's so many different ways that you can involve your number one wide receiver. And the Bengals are like third option. He's the third option. You know who's our first option? Tyler Boyd. We're going to have a double pass to him because I'm Zach Taylor and I'm a moron. It's now second and nine now after a failed, yet another failed screen pass. Gee, I wonder what we're going to get here. 
another screen pass that Jamar Chase makes essentially like essentially he makes chicken salad out of chicken shit. I mean, he just stiff arms one guy. Nobody blocks for him. I don't understand this play call where it's essentially like nobody's lined up over each other. I don't understand it at all. It's a poorly designed play and Jamar Chase is just awesome and he just makes it work and he makes it happen. Because he's Jamar Chase, and that's just what he does. It's third two. Cincinnati calls their first time out. Evan McPherson is warming up on the sideline. Hold on. They're showing the last Jamar Chase reception because he may have. They ruled him down and out of bounds, and he may not have been out of bounds. So they're kind of seeing. I think he's still out of bounds. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. He may Jamar Chase may be out of bounds on that screenplay. He may be out of bounds. It's 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 close. I think the spot, I think he's out of bounds. I think he is. I don't think he was in bounds. Out of all of the things that they've done, I think this thing has been, uh, the spot, excuse me, not the spot, but out of all of the things that the referees have done in like the last couple of days when it comes and weeks, months, I think the spot was, um, the spot that they just gave him was really, really good. I'm fine with that. it shouldn't take this long they're still deliberating over it which is why i'm silent it shouldn't take this long for them to essentially come back with yes the spot is correct yes we've uh we did it we got it right I don't get why it's not taking, why it's not, why we're not done with this. It should just be that we're done and over with this, but I guess not. Okay. Still watching. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Hmm. <clears throat> It shouldn't be this difficult to get the read. And Troy Aikman is like, come on, guys, let's go. And I agree with Troy. I'm like, guys, like, it shouldn't take this long to make the fucking decision. He was out of bounds. Obviously. What is going on? 
So, apparently they believe the spot is wrong. I think he's out of bounds. I think his heel touched out of bounds. But, hold on. They're going to move it, maybe. Yeah. They're like, we're going to move the ball. I'm like, guys, like that didn't, that shouldn't have taken that long. Okay. It's third and one now. It's a better spot for the Bengals. The Bengals now, all you have to do is just run the read option. Or not the read option, but you just... Jamar Chase is off the field on third and one? What? This better be a quarterback sneak here. Or a handoff. You better have... Jamar Chase better be the worst blocker on the damn team... And you better be running some type of a run play. It better not be a fucking passing play when you have the best wide receiver on your fucking team off the field on third and one. I swear to God, man, Zach Taylor, you better not do some bullshit. I am really annoyed with Zach Taylor. It should be a handoff or tush push. It better not be a passing play. I swear to God, Zach Taylor, if you're going to throw it and he doesn't and they get it. Oh, God, I was going to be so annoyed if they threw it without Jamar Chase on the field. Okay. Two minutes, 46 seconds left. They're pretty much inside Evan McPherson's range almost. I mean, they are, I think. They may get more, I guess, to make the kick easier. At like the 31 yard line tonight, right now, they hand it to Joe. Oh my God. They hand it off to Joe Mixon, who gets almost immediately tackled. He gains like one yard. I don't understand why the Bengals are not doing anything else. I, I don't understand why they aren't running, running any type of play to fucking Jamar Chase. Don't send us the two minute break. No! No, my God, Christ. Jesus Christ. We have two-minute breaks in overtime, too? Oh, my God. Sorry. I'm just annoyed with just how long this game is and how easy this game should be in regards to just who wins and who loses. And it's like, I got to watch more just like kind of good but also like this is definitely fascinating this game is definitely interesting but like would i prefer to have this game be over with like 40 minutes ago absolutely i wanted to talk about anything else tonight but i'll not anything else but i wanted to talk about like last week's games but looks like i'm i'm still here <laughs> like it looks like i'm still here i wanted to talk about shaq leonard going to the Eagles, I wanted to talk about so much stuff, and now I've gotten completely and utterly sidetracked, and am delaying for essentially the ads, and we're back from commercial, thank God, as Scott Van Pearson is on the field talking to me about, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't care what he's saying, like, I, I don't care about Scott McPherson, or Scott Peterson, 
Scott Van Pelt. There he is. Does anyone watch Sports Center like unironically? They're like, man, I want to watch the highlights of today that aren't on Twitter. You know what I mean? It's like, bro, the highlights are probably have been uploaded probably everywhere on, on YouTube, on Instagram, on Twitter, like everywhere. It's like, and you're just like, yep, we're just going to have more highlights. So it looks like they're just going to try and run out the clock here. So if the Jags miss the kick, then Jacksonville will have very, very little time to win the game. Or in this case, I guess they're just going to have a bunch of timeouts here. They're going to burn timeouts, the Jags timeouts. It's third and eight now. Oh, God. Third and eight now. Okay. 29 yard line. They have to get to the 21 pretty much. Joe Mixon and he gets tackled in the backfield. And so now if you're Evan McPherson, Another timeout by the Jags. If you're Evan McPherson, it's 31-31. It's going to be somewhere close to like a 50-yard field goal. If you're Jacksonville, you have 1 minute 50 seconds left, and that bullshit god-awful Bengals defense that played like bullshit. Oh, my God. Literally, Jacksonville's the one seed if they win. If they lose, then I don't know what to tell you. I can't believe the... Browns, the Colts, and the Steelers are all in the playoffs right now. And the Bills and the Bengals aren't. Like, how insane is that? 48-yard field goal. I don't know why they just didn't have their quarterback just get down somewhere to make the kick easier for McPherson, but Zach Taylor doesn't think about that type of stuff. And McPherson gets it. Of course he does. It's a 48-yard field goal. Hold on. Wait. Flag flies. It's good. The kick is good. The Bengals, as it stands, have won the game. It's going to be against the Jags. Yep. Ball game for the Bengals. Thank Christ. Two backup quarterbacks going up against each other at the end of the game. Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence hurt. Uh, unbelievable game. At times it was fun. At times it was just, I don't know what the coaches were doing offensively and defensively. This game is interesting because of the, and I'll mute it and I won't really pay attention to it. It's interesting because of the playoff implications of it now. Not on the Bengals' side, but on the Jags. The Jags now aren't in control of their destiny. They still have to go up against, I think, the Bengals, not the Bengals, the Ravens and the Dolphins. And now the Ravens, I think, are the one seed. I think so. Yeah, the Ravens are. It's going to be super interesting over the next week to see what's going on in the league. Who's going to play next week? I'm trying to see if like any interesting games. Cowboys will obviously go up against the Eagles. Seattle will go up against the 49ers. We'll talk about it 
tomorrow. Bills will go up against the Chiefs. Both teams are kind of, the Bills are trying to get into the playoffs. The Chiefs are trying to get back to the one seed. And who the Ravens play? I think the Ravens are on their bye week. No, the Ravens play up against the Rams. They're not. And so it should be a very interesting game or a couple of games over the next week. I'm tired. I'll see you tomorrow. We'll wrap up the weekend. 24's podcast.